0: Hey, pals, this is Hannah Harkins, and I'm the host of the Salton Branch Podcast. This is a show that highlights honest considerations on life and how to spot God's goodness in unexpected places. This is the second episode of a short series I'm calling Making It Work, in which I am basically sharing how I've been making it work these days in various areas of life. Last week, the first episode of the series, I talked about teaching in the pandemic, as I am a high school English teacher. So if that sounds interesting and maybe even fascinating to you, go back and take a listen. In today's episode, I talk a little bit about what it's been like to date (laughs) over the last year or so, especially in the midst of the pandemic, as I get closer to turning 30, and all of the various wild factors that go into dating these days. Towards the end, I decide to take a turn and try to find some advantages to what it means to be single these days. And to be honest, I wish I remembered them more often. So I hope you find them encouraging. Thanks for listening. What did you think of the intro? Yes! (laughs) I'm getting more professional as the days progress. Listen, in one moment I think I'm professional, and in the next I realize that I have to talk about dating in this episode. And not have to. I guess it is my choice. I want to let you in on a secret. This is now... The fourth time I have tried to record this. And I intended for this episode to come out the week after the last one. And I, like, I had recorded, I had gotten it ready, I was ready to go. And it just, I don't know, it didn't sit right on my heart how I spoke about things. I didn't speak ill will about anything. I just, it just wasn't ready. It just wasn't ready. So, all that to be said, this is, um, not necessarily an a difficult thing to talk about, but I do think there's a lot of layers when it comes to dating and um, dating with faith in mind, dating with the pandemic in mind, dating with the political tension in mind, um, dating with technology in mind. Like, there's just so much going on that it's not as simple as like, oh, I see you in Kroger and you're cute and let's chat. It's like, oh no, I see your eyeballs as you look at various bags of lettuce and your eyeballs look nice. But I also bet that there have been people who hurt people's eyeballs who look nice. So I can't really gauge your vibes with a mask on. And that's just a really oddly specific example. But like dating has become incredibly precarious and somewhat messy. The more technology we have, The more and longer that this pandemic exists, um, and it's really made a lot of people rely on online dating and like texting and things like that. So listen, (laughs) if we want to look at the whole spectrum of like over the last year or so, because this is about the time when we went into like what most people are calling like the lockdown of last year of 2020. If we look at like that whole spectrum, I would say for the most part, m- at least majority, not all, but majority, majority of the time, I'm relatively content with singleness and kind of the affordances that come with that. And then I get little waves of like, I could get out there. I could I could meet people. Um, but now with the pandemic, like it, it is dating app or bust kind of. So spoiler alert. Your girl tries the dating app. I mean, I've been on them before. Let's just be clear. But, and also, let's be very clear that I'm not on the creepy ones that are just looking for like physical things. I'm on one that has like questions and things like that. So you kind of get a better idea on people. All this to say, <sighs> I don't know. So let me think back. The right before the pandemic hit, I was going on a couple of dates and they were fine question mark. I felt like if I can go back to those moments, it really felt like I was going on dates to try to keep myself open to the idea of dating rather than like, oh, I've connected with this human and I've got googly eyes for them and I can't wait to have dinner with them. And maybe that's not the right way to date, but I just... I just remember feeling like, oh, gosh, I don't think this is going to work out, but I'm still going to go. Oh, gosh, I don't think this is going to work out, but I'm still going to go. There is no part of me that desires a free meal. Let's just make that clear now. Um, I would rather be home and pay for my meal than go out and entertain a conversation I don't want to have after having conversations all day, every day with my high school students that, for the most part, are enjoyable, but also, like, it's my job. So when I say that I'm not overly interested in going on these dates, I... Also, am learning that sometimes you're not really meeting the person the first time you're meeting the person. Does that make sense? Like on first dates, you're i I feel like we kind of cater to what we think the other person wants of us based on what little we know of them anyways, which becomes a problem later in my dating story, But we'll get there. so anyway, so when I think back to to right before the pandemic, like it was easier to meet with people um, but i was not um i was not meeting people that i wanted to marry um i think one situation like it was clear that we had different extracurricular activities <laughs> and i was like i'm not interested in that and i'm going to leave that vague for your enjoyment there was one guy who um was nice but spent you know about 30 to 40 minutes kind of hashing through previous relationships and heartache that came with that, which I'll just leave that vague for you as well. (laughs) Um, And then there was memorably, at least, I mean, maybe I went on another date, but um, there was another guy who, you know, like you just sit down and you just know like, no, this isn't going to work. And not in like a, not in like a, gross way just in like a oh no I just know like you know y- you get it you get it you just we just know these things so that kind of felt like back to back to back and it was like that's a no that's a no that's a no and I was like I don't want to do this anymore so then I disappeared from the dating scene for a while and sometimes I would like check this app and like see if any thing interesting was going on and then when I found out that there wasn't because there normally wasn't then I would just disappear again you know, and then we're in the pandemic, so it was just a lot of like Animal Crossing, uh, geriatric walks around the neighborhood, uh, cleaning the house, finding Netflix shows, uh, like going to Target as if I was going on some secret like recon mission for groceries. I don't. It was so weird to think that we're we're not going to go there. We're not going go to. There. there's too much to talk about. So then I would say a couple months ago I. Kind of had the little bug of, okay, I could go back out there. I could go I could go on some dates. And to be honest, I've learned a lot over the last couple of people that I've dated. Um, good and bad. And this is not a show to bash people. That's not what I feel like doing at all. Um, if I can try to be kind to these people in private, in conversations, then I can certainly be kind to them in public. And also, I no one will know who they are. <laughs> I also don't even know if they listen to this. Anyways, layers of concern. So I got that, I got the bug. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try dating again. But I will say this there are factors in my life that make dating a little bit difficult. And I'm not talking about like weird rash on my arm factors. I'm talking like I make decisions that look pretty different culturally with my time, with media, with my body, with, um, extracurricular. So like, for example, like I'm not out at the bars. um, And that's okay, if you are, I mean, I would say that if it's hurting your body or your soul, then it's probably not good. But um, I spent quite a bit of time in college at the bars, and doing what I wanted. So I don't, I don't desire that anymore, is my point. But with that comes, I think, I would say that there are Um, more people who desire to like drink a lot and things like that than people who don't. And that's not a challenge on anybody. That's just not what I do anymore. Also, it hurts my stomach. I've been out of the game for too long. So your girl has like one or two craft beers and her eyeballs feel like a lava lamp and she cuts it off and starts drinking water. And goes to bed by 10. So <laughs> there's nothing all that exciting going on anymore. But that but because that's true, and I really like my life. I like the control that I feel, like when I'm going to bed and when I'm waking up and how I feel about my interactions with humans and um who I spend my time with. Like I I like that feeling of being in a bit more control than I was years ago in my life. That like Okay, so let's say so I'm on the app and let's say this guy likes me and he's like cute. And I'm like, oh, his answers seem nice. Like, oh, it seems like we would get along. Great. So then let's say I connect with him. So I like him back. Those of you who don't know how dating apps work. I like him back. And then it opens up the option to chat. Well, eight times out of 10. Ain't nobody says nothing. (laughs) And I guess I could say something, but if you're going to like somebody, you have to emotionally be prepared to say something to them. I'll say it again. If you're going to go on a dating app, and you're going to like somebody, and you're actually interested in them, unless you're just out here swiping left on every I don't know what your deal is, I don't know what app you're on, but you have to be ready to talk to them. If if you're actually interested, if you're not interested, then get off the apps. Ooh, it drives me crazy. Um. So so then let's say that we that I connect with somebody and then they message because they had reached out to me. Now if I'm out here and I'm feeling bold and I like somebody's photo or like how they answered a question, I'm already thinking, what am I going to say to this man? And that doesn't happen that often, um, because. Again, we're working with, like, apathy and dating over here and, like, cynicism. So I'm really not out here being like, yeah, this guy seems like a great suitor. I don't. (laughs) I think I just ultimately think everybody's going to disappoint me. Which, (laughs) I mean, hasn't been totally wrong. But also takes two to tango, so I'm sure I've been disappointing in my own ways. Anyways. So let's say we connect. Let's say they send a message. We go back and forth. Another six times out of ten You get two or three in and you're either like, this is definitely not going to work out. You're saying weird things to me. Or they just don't say anything back. Or you get to a place where you don't say anything back. Okay, so then there's all those other interactions. But let's say, like I have more recently, that I've connected with somebody. I'm like, oh, I like what you have to say in your answers. Your photos are appealing. And then we connect and we're messaging back and forth. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Okay, great. Let's make a plan. Oh, my gosh. Cue the next section of this episode, the first dates. All right. So I don't know if you've been on a first date recently or if you've been on a first date with a total stranger that you saw online, but there is always an exciting threat of getting catfished. And if you have spent any personal time with me, you know that this is silently kind of a dream of mine, that my photos would be used to catfish someone, or that I would get catfished and end up on the show. And maybe that comes across as a weird goal to have. But listen, it's just fascinating. So please, also this is not an invitation to catfish me, but also I'm really good at spotting catfish. So if you come for me, I'm going to know. Because what girls are good at stereotypically in general, generalizing there is we like to creep and we can get our information and we, and if we can, then we got girlfriends who can. (laughs) So anyways, so let's say then we get to this stage where we're like, oh yes, let's go get a drink or let's go get dinner or let's go get coffee. And then you meet that whole day. I don't, I guess it depends on the guy, but I have had some first dates where, you know, like last year I was kind of like, a. I don't think this is going to work out, but we're going to give it a shot because maybe I'm wrong. But then more recently, there I've been on a couple of dates where I'm like, oh, like you this this might be able to work and not work, Mary, because that feels aggressive. Um, but work as in like I would see you again after this. So then it turns into this like really cute, like high school, middle school, like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to, you know? like order when we go to eat? Like, where are we going to meet? How am I going to do my hair? You know, whatever, whatever. So it all kind of gets kind of cute, to be honest. But when you, there, I can't, here we go. I can't quite describe for you the feeling that I feel when I'm pulling up to a location for a first date with a stranger. Because here's the thing is like, let's say they only put photos of their shoulders up. So you only see their heads. You ain't got no idea what their abdomen looks like. And I don't need you to have a six-pack because your girl doesn't have a six-pack. I'm not expecting that. I am expecting that you take care of yourself because you, like, want to take care of your body. Um, but, like, you don't know how tall they're going to be. Like, I remember one time I went out with a guy. <laughs> and I met him. Very nice. The situation is funny. Um, but it is not an insult at all. Because he was very lovely human. It didn't work out, clearly. But he was, like, waiting for me at, like, the booth. And then he stood up, and he was shorter than me. And I'm 5'4". And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty short. I didn't say anything. I just, I, like, tried to be cool. But he was like, yeah, I'm pretty short. And I was like, yeah. And that's okay. But that was just a moment. So when you're going on these first dates, like, and those of you who are out here trying to, <gasps> come on in, George. Oh, no on in come on in mm, she says no she's like what are you doing i'm recording my closet there's been so many times when i have gone on a first date and i've expected one thing and another thing has has made itself evident whether that's hello georgie whether that is um aesthetics whether that's attitude whether that's priorities whether that's i don't know anything um but yeah. And then, you know, it's like, how much do you share on the first date? Like if and then sometimes like it goes really well and you're like, yeah, wow, we're like really getting along and this is really easy. And then a couple of things are said and you're like, whoa, that's not what I expected at all. Um, yeah. For the sake of people's privacy, I'm not gonna share some things, but <laughs> there's been some things said where I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I gotta go. I've gotta go. Um But then there's other times where I'm kind of surprised at how well I get along with just, like, strangers that I've connected with. Um, Also, like, don't ride in the car with them. Like, drive yourself. Like, have your location shared with your friends. Like, we don't play no games. Um, I don't carry a gun. But I do carry power of the Lord. (laughs) Anyways. um... Okay, so let's see. So first dates feels weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next phase of dating is the phase that is the bane of my existence. Because more times than not, you get the first date, it goes well, you both like, yeah, 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 let's see each other again. Great. But then it turns into this like, okay, so like, what kind of rhythm are we going to get in texting? When am I going to see you next? What is that going to look like? And then it's like, at what point, like, Like, do you meet my friend? Like, everything just becomes so much more complicated after the first date because you're trying to get a read on people. You're trying to understand, like, what they're looking for, what you're looking for. And for me, personally, I am very comfortable with clarity and honesty and, like, being forthright about, like, expectations and things like that. And that doesn't make me better. That just makes me maybe a better communicator, question mark. Um, so more recently, like, I got to know this guy, and everything was lovely, and then things just kind of shifted, and it was, like, less, just kind of, like, distanced, but still kind of seeing each other, and, like, I don't do well in gray area, and, um, it ultimately fizzled out because, uh, he had said that I guess he was seeing somebody else at the same time, which, yikes. yikes. But he was honest, so I'll give him that. Uh, he was honest about it. So, I just think that one of the hardest parts, at least for me, it's not connecting and it's not navigating the dating app, though that is just like treacherous and annoying. The hardest part for dating with me is the part after you've connected and after it seems like you've made a connection. And then it's like, okay, we're doing this or we're not doing this. Like, how fast should I come in with this? How slow should I let this move? Like, is this going to be a story where you know one day you marry somebody and you're like yeah the first two months like they were terrible because so and so couldn't admit their feelings and they were seeing somebody else and you know like either side like the girl or the guy like is it going to be one of those things? like I just don't have patience and I need it I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I'm doing this well I'm just saying that this is how I'm doing it so I don't know I will say one of the funny things that me and my friends gauge is when I'm going on a date or when I'm seeing somebody like again, if I wear eyeliner, that's how you know. (laughs) If I put some eyeliner on, that's how you know that I'm invested. Because eyeliner is a skill that many of us have lost over the last year. And it is a skill that I take pride in. And it is a skill that I don't uh, utilize often literally if i'm just going on a date (laughs) so like my friends will text and we'll say like i'll say like oh i've got a date tonight with you know whomever i'm talking to at the time and they're like oh yeah yeah, are you gonna wear eyeliner or not and and there have been times when i'll say no i'm not gonna wear any eyeliner they'll say oh so it's not really going that well (laughs) and then i kind of say well yeah i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen um but at first, if I'm excited, that's how you know. So if you're listening to this and you ask me on a date and I wear eyeliner, that's how you know. <laughs> very simple. That's a very simple way to communicate. But there's a, there's a, a more serious side here that I do want to just spend some time on. And it's it's kind of the advantages and the blessings that have come from being single and from dating and figuring this out. And um, while I look around and I, and many, many, many of my friends, if not, but a few are married and starting families or have families like with kids. And, um, and then I look at my life kind of next to theirs. I am noticing such an opportunity to reevaluate um, sort of just how I live my life and the rhythms of my life and the patterns of my life. And more recently, I read this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, and it ruined my life in the best way possible. <laughs> um, I will link it in the show notes for you, but he basically just talks through how busyness is just slowly chipping away and killing our souls and just what a detriment it is to society and to our daily life and to our relationships and to our understanding of God and our connections. And, and I don't think I ever really evaluated busyness in a negative way until I spent, you know, 200 plus pages in this book and time reading this book. And getting myself into a position where I could learn from this book, not just read this book. Did I see that my life is is and was too busy? I had too much on my schedule. I have too many people coming in and out of my brain all day. Um, I just, yeah, I was too busy. And so when I was trying to think of just the benefits of being single these days, I I look at the changes that I've made in my daily rhythms to slow myself down and to kind of unhurry myself. And I don't think I would have gotten to do that as fully and as um, passionately and kind of as drastically as I have if I wasn't single. And so those of you who are listening and are married or dating or engaged or whatever, you're just not single. And this kind of sounds appealing to you. I would encourage you to read the book yourself because he teaches it way better than I'm teaching it because what I walked away with was selfishly about my single life and how to incorporate this as a single person. But what I've been able to evaluate is slowing my life back down to kind of like that lockdown status where then I had to get comfortable with the idea of just being by myself. And while dating can be and has been just a great just way to meet people but also like a distraction and a source of affirmation and um a real challenge at times of like when guys have walked away or when things haven't worked out where like I'm really in an opportunity to be like is it me or is it just circumstances and it and there's such an opportunity for me to be like well maybe if I was just like this or maybe if I changed one thing but that's that's not true that's not um correct because I don't think that we're supposed to fit in. We're not supposed to change ourselves to fit in with anybody else. Personally. So. The, the more time that I've spent like dating more recently. And noticing that. That consideration of other people has kind of. Busied my schedule. Um, it's been nice to slowly end Kind of in my own ways and under my own control, kind of ingratiate dating in a way where it's like, oh well, my week is really busy, so I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna say anything or I'm not gonna make any plans this week. Um, whereas, I wonder if people who are a bit more obligated to others don't get to do that, right? They don't get to just kind of disappear for three hours and put their phone on do not disturb and read their book and clean their house. Whereas I get to. Um, because I want to slow down a little bit. Um, I don't know. That's just one of the benefits that I'm thinking through. And this whole busyness stuff, it has really kind of wrecked my life. Like, I'm selling my Apple Watch. Like, and I don't think I ever understood what technology, like, the kind of hold that technology has on me. What the patterns and, um, I don't know, just, like, the notification mindset. Where it's like, oh, I'm constantly checking my phone or I'm constantly checking these things or I'm constantly looking for the next whatever. Dating has also kind of brought that too when it comes to dating apps of like, oh, who's liked me or who's written me back or who's the latest profile on the top of the list. You know, it's like that's just like social media all over again. So to be honest, like I just spent a couple of weeks getting to know somebody like via text because schedules weren't lining up and things like that. And then um, there was an attempt at a plan to be made and that didn't work out. And it seems to be kind of fizzling out, but also never say never. And maybe it'll work out. Um, And now I'm to a point where I'm like, I'm not dating. I've given I've I've given three people a shot (laughs) and it just didn't work out on both sides. Like, it's not just uh, it's not just their fault. It's it didn't work out between the two of us. So um, like now I'll probably slip back into a moment where I'm not really dating. For a month, at least a month, month or two, three, four, six. Maybe Jesus comes back and I don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I do desire to be married. I do desire to have kids, many kids. I'd like to have my own, adopt, foster, whatever. Um, and maybe that heart status has come from teaching high school where I have 125 kids on my heart all day. But um, I do. <laughs> dating, let me, let me just go ahead and just wrap this up for us. Dating over the last year has been messy. It's been difficult. It's been humbling. Uh, it's been wild. It's been weird. But it's also really reminded me that there is just really great purpose in the freedoms and affordances that I get during singleness. And for those of you who are single and listening, I think we have an opportunity to to take inventory and be like, "What do I, what am I getting to do right now? Um, and I think we become such like a workspace society where it's like, oh, I could go do this. I can get this done and I can get this done and I can get this book written and blah, blah, blah. And what if what if singleness and, and being single is more about creating rhythms of rest in our life so that when we incorporate people into it, that we've already got those rhythms and that they can just fit into those rhythms with us. Um, there's a reason that... Um, sabbath is a commandment and i'm just more and more convicted on the power of rest and how rest impacts the work that we do and how trust and rest really uh coincide with each other and are in, re- in relationship with each other so i really don't think i would have gotten to any of that had i not been single i think if i was like all googly eyes with some guy and dating more recently than I wouldn't have noticed. And even these last couple of guys, I, I started to have feelings for. And then I was like, and then I just like kind of looked at my days and I was like, I'm too busy. Like, and I'm too concerned about this man who's not texting me back. <laughs> <laughs> so now it feels nice because within the last two days, I've really gotten a reset on like, what do I get to do each day? What do I get to worry about? What do I not get to worry about? Um, and how do I want to spend my time? And it looks like, good work. It looks like good rest. And good coffee, baby. That's where I'm going next to the coffee shop. Um, But yeah, I think that's my conversation about dating. If you're single, I would love to hear from you somehow. Uh, Maybe like leave a review or something, but just how it's going for you. And if there's an interest, I think there's this really great sense of apathy right now in the dating world because we're seeing a ton of dysfunction in marriages and infidelity. And and that's all glamorized on TV. And I mean, for me, I'm, I'm kind of scared to be married, to be honest, because I've seen so much infidelity. Not in my personal life. My parents' marriage was beautiful um, and honoring and things like that. And also things happen and there's grace for all these things. And yes, 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 yes. Now I'll just talk myself into a hole. But the point is is It's not always greener on the other side, and I've seen that marriage takes work, and I've seen marriages look really beautiful, and I've also seen singleness look really beautiful and really purposeful. And you can still desire to be married, and you can still pray and ask God to be married, and, as I'm pounding my <laughs> my thigh, and you can still really enjoy it. Okay? I think that's all I got for you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when the next one's coming out because honestly, I don't know. And I'm not going to make any promises because <laughs> that's how the world works. <laughs> All right. Until next time, stay salty. I still need.